End of year is always time for reflection. 2022 has been a year of big flip-flops for both enterprises and employees. Many companies entered this year with the optimism of last year. But early March, the war in Ukraine broke out and things changed dramatically. Overhiring, joining bonuses, moonlighting, returning to work and now the big layoffs. This year, the pendulum swung both ways and we did it all. In this episode, Kamal Kharinth, host of the People at Work podcast series, discusses the year that it was with Madhumita Basu, a C-suite member with a cement major. People at Work is a special series from Business Line. Each week, Kamal Karinth, a veteran talent specialist and co-founder of Exfino, a staffing solutions firm, talks to business leaders and experts on the most trending human resource topics. Over to you, Kamal. Welcome to a podcast, our monthly podcast of people at work from in the business line. Uh, so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Kamal. It's an absolute pleasure having this opportunity to exchange thoughts with you. Madhubita, this is what we call as our year-end summary and we chronicle what happened in the year. And I write today about what has gone through in 2022. And as I was chronicling rather the 2022 things, you know, I looked at quarter-wise. And, you know, this year, the Jan, Feb, March, as a country, we saw the people were continuously hiring. You know, the optimism of last year was still continuing. And as you uh, know very well, that middle of the first quarter, that is almost February end, the Ukraine war broke out. And from then, it has been kind of a downhill in many aspects. And we saw in quarter two, companies started to feel the pressure. The hiring relatively went down. And Q3, the layoff started. And we've been reading many, many kinds of layoffs. And we know that all layoffs don't come into the press, right? So it's been a kind of a year, what we call as we did it all kind of a thing. We hired, uh, you know, we slowed down, we froze, we started to fire. So in a way, it's, it's, it's a combination of many things. Wanted to start by asking in terms of 2022, if you had to summarize from your point of view, what was it for enterprises and what was it for talent? What would we say, Madhubita? So very rightly, Kamal, as you said, uh, we started this year with a lot of optimism. Demand has largely, while war has had its impact, demand has largely been strong. We've seen very good recovery in H2. But what has really happened is that post-pandemic, we got into a year where uh, uh, society at large, the enterprise said, we put the pandemic behind us, nothing can go wrong. From the last quarter of 2021, industry was getting ready for growth. Recruitments were uh, buying. And there was a need for bringing a different kind of a culture into the workplace. More energy, uh, taking the best of uh, the hybrid work culture that we learned in pandemic. War was a little bit of a first damper. Inflation has remained a concern, particularly driven by fuel, by a cost, coupled with intense competition. I think that's a dimension which is not really looked into uh, as much when we discuss the subject of uh, attrition. Industry, in a way, didn't fully accept that there, there was a lot of new age solutions that set in with pandemic. 
service at doorstep, bundling of offers, traditional industries uh, looking at new ways of reaching out to customers, shortening the divide between organization and the end user. So different models had emerged, different skill set was required. Competitiveness has become the core of survival. Not that it wasn't before, but the speed is higher, the intensity is larger, and uh, agility has become absolute crime need. So organizations have to change, learn faster, and need to write skill continuously. So these are challenges which uh, has put a pressure on uh, how we are planning people, how we are looking at uh, marketing ourselves as uh, good employers, reaching out to new generation, uh, new skill sets. One thing, uh, Kamal, which I believe is attrition is only the tip of the iceberg. That is something we can see. Once you see it, you have to take action. But the more worrying things are the issues one senses around quiet quitting, moonlighting. It is the partially disconnected and somewhat distracted employee about whom you're not getting a full visibility. That is a stronger concern. The numbers are what we see. It's the visible part of the iceberg. Absolutely, Madhubita. I'm sure, you know, when we look at what happened from Q1 to Q2, uh, you know, the sense that we were left with is, did we really overhire last year? And maybe not be true to your industry, but definitely the bellwether of, uh, you know, hiring in, in a country like India and even US is IT industry. And definitely there was that sense that, uh, you know, that they possibly overhired and they possibly had to, uh, you know, correct it in the later stage. But one of the things I wanted to ask you here is that when we looked at the rush of hiring people that was there, we also observed that most enterprises struggled to communicate their employer brand, which led to hiring challenges. You know, as a marketeer, you know, can you recommend things that you think enterprises can possibly communicate the following things better? in terms of differentiating their employer brand, what would you recommend? In developing an employer brand, uh, I believe that uh, the most important thing is your approach. It has to be an inside-out approach. You cannot decide that these three or four things are nice things to say, and therefore I will be out there and I'll communicate. Because today, everything is visible. There's a 360-degree visibility about your business. What you are saying as an employee, what probably your promoters or your uh, uh, senior uh, executives are saying in their personal uh, social media uh, space, what your company results are saying, what employee feedback platforms like Glassdoor is saying. One has reached to all these things. So any attempt to be cosmetic uh, would be short-lived and people will learn that you are not being very direct and honest. The second thing which one needs to see is that there is a lot of challenge which is coming back to organizations. In the sense, uh, value systems are open to polarized debate. Take a look at high visibility promoters, founders of their company. When they have taken a stand in hiring, firing, restructuring, views have been very polarized in terms of whether they are doing the right or the wrong thing. So what I'm saying is there isn't a reliable law of averages that is emerging 
to guide an organization down this path. The important thing is to look internally, decide what your value pro proposition is, uh, give better visibility and centricity, I believe, uh, to the customer on the uh, decision table. Because a lot of positioning is getting vitiated uh, more in terms of the image, quick clicks, baits that we want to win, rather than looking at the customer and understanding really what is the value proposition. Because that customer, if you're not meeting his uh, value, uh, you will not be able to deliver value as an organization. So it's important that we see as an organization, the uh, long-term visibility of this customer's needs, mid-term agenda to servicing those needs, and uh, more in the customer's shoes kind of placing yourself uh, to develop an organizational empathy. Sure, Mother. What we are seeing, however, is more tick box items, skill building, happy fun events, uh, believing that these will buy us long-term employee engagement. Madhavita, leading to that, uh, uh, you know, uh, rather as a follow-up question, I would say is that when we saw employees were shopping between offers, and uh, it was a good time to be in in the last uh, year before, I say at least before April uh, 2021, April to about 2022 April, we could see that the employees who were changing jobs felt they couldn't differentiate between one organization and another. You see, at the end of the day, they were sitting at home, right? At best, their email IDs were getting changed. In the end, when other than some names and brands and logos, which only appeared in the computers and there was no personal experience per se, the only differentiator was money for them. And in fact, enterprise also felt the same, that this great resignation was all about money. And we could also relate to the employees who are changing jobs as recruiters, we saw that, okay, you know, what is the difference? Okay, what's, what's the dollar and cents type? So it came to that. And the more we talked to people, we realized that in their own organization, the line of internal communication was what they were experiencing as because 50% of the employees in today's organizations get hired through references. And which means that they are, the, your own employees are communicating what the organization is like. So somewhere we felt the employer value proposition which uh, has to be communicated, gets communicated through your own employees. So you think the internal communication channels of any organization, you know, it holds a key, if at all you agree with that. And if so, what do you think are the things the organization can do to strengthen this internal communication channels to establish an employee value proposition? Uh, internal communication channels are important, but what's not as important is not the channel, but what are you using that channel for? Typically, if you see most employees when they go to work, be it manufacturing or IT products uh, companies, solutioning uh, companies, not always an employee is a consumer. So not all companies make Coke or have a service like Zomato with which you are interacting on a daily basis. It's very important to give visibility to the employees on why we are doing what we are doing. So you have to use those channels of communication to connect the employee to the company's sense of purpose. That can come out of two or three ways. One is I connect with the customer and I get a sense of pride when I see his sense of satisfaction with a product 
my companies make. So I see a, a value in what I'm doing. The purpose uh, makes a lot of sense when you have uh, brick and mortar companies with plants, offices out of multiple locations. It's a good feeling to get this sense of the customer rather than be into a, a product or solution that I am working on. So if I am seen as an IT resource bench, then I will only look at my uh, salary and I that will become my key differentiator. Many of our uh, structures today do not give employees visibility on the growth capabilities, on the larger vision. So it doesn't create a long-term sense of engagement or security. I understand, Mother Vita. I understand. And one of the things that I've learned is that uh, it's not just the channels, who communicates, how frequently you communicate, and do you choose the right occasions to you know, communicate uh, also matters uh, in, in terms of these uh, uh, internal communication channels. And I always felt marketing as, you know, has a huge role to play in the organization as much as we hold HR responsible for many of these things. Uh, I think uh, uh, we need a makeover of HR in terms of marketing coming into play to make some of these communications far more connecting to today's employees. Now with that, I, I just want to bring you to what's happening right now. If you look at it over the last three months, the who's and who's are actually laying off, right? So you can name them, whether we call them the fam for the want of a better acronym, whether it is Facebook or Meta as they're currently known, uh, it's Microsoft or you know Amazon. Uh, we saw that uh, uh, up to Google, uh, you know, everybody, you know, I'm taking Twitter out of the equation, for a uh, definite reason. But you look at it, there is a, a, a slowdown of business they're experiencing and a lot of people are being laid off, right? I think in US, they're saying that at almost 90,000 technology people have got laid off. The Indian numbers in startup world is already 17,000, 18,000, which is a, a crucial number considering that our startup ecosystem is just emerging to the world. You think the communication that you have heard, your experience so far on layoffs, could have been managed better. And we don't know who all managed this in these companies, but it seems like in some of the places, poor communication strategies uh, you know, were at play. In some places, I think they were trying to pull off a PR stunt while laying off people. Uh, you think marketing teams are better off managing these layoffs in the future if they're not already doing so? That's an interesting perspective, uh, Kamal. Uh, so uh, if you've accepted high attrition as a concern, to parachute drop the marketing team to manage the communication could lead to trust issues. And sometimes it could actually be difficult. Say in our kind of uh, situation where you have a plant, uh, if suddenly they find that uh, marketing is trying to uh, uh, tell their story, it, it would not work too well. But I think this is... Uh, a kind of a step back moment for us where we could redefine a more central role for marketing teams to get more integrated in building this employer brand and bridging this uh, divide between, actually there is no divide, we've given it a terminology, employer brand and consumer brand. But uh, uh, the imagery is can only be one around your brand. If you recognize your brand as a personality, you can't make it different for your employer and your consumer. If you accept that truth, then you can integrate marketing 
not just in creating the branding story, but in making the brand story a reality inside the organization. I heard it totally with you, Madhumita. You can't just parachute marketing when you have a crisis. And uh, it is something that employees will call out and it has to be more integrated. But, you know, from what we heard from organizations which were getting laid off, we felt that, you know, they better had an idea of what they're communicating. And, of course, layoffs are so sensitive that uh, whatever you communicate, uh, people would interpret and uh, narrate to others what they felt about it rather than what was the real thing, right? So thank you so much, Madhavita, for taking time to talking to us. And uh, uh, once again, on behalf of uh, In The Business Life and people at work, thank you very much. And you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year ahead. Thank you. Wish you the same. Really happy to do this for In The Business Line and you, Kamal. Thank you once again for inviting me. Thank you for tuning in. Business Line wishes its listeners Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year in advance. If you like what you heard, share the link and check out our YouTube channel. You'll hear more from us next time.